This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mick Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mick Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mick Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Max Cohen. This is our post-match show of Fulham's 2-1 victory against Leeds United at Craven Cottage. Max, they've now beaten Leeds United three times in a row. That's pretty good. Let's just not waste any time. Before I go to you, I just want to also mention, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other Fulham supporters find us. All right, my friend. You have to be optimist, Max, after this match. Give me your thoughts, your opening thoughts. Wasn't a very pretty first half, but overall, they were the better team the second half, and they got the victory. Yeah, it's two wins in a row now, Ross, and this is the type of form which we want to see us closing out the season in. It's very positive that we're being the teams who are below us. and That's something, actually, we've been very good at until earlier this earlier this spring, actually. We, we beat all the bottom six teams. We're great at that stuff. And I want to give a special shout out to Anthony Robinson today. You know, we've given him a lot of criticism on this podcast, even though he's a, he's a fellow American player where we're always keen to say he's not good enough in the final third, but we saw the best of Anthony Robinson yesterday. His driving runs forward, <clears throat> his ball out wide caused the second goal as well. And I think he, he I'm going to say now he's my man of the match. Okay. Uh, we'll get to that early, but I just want to say credit to him because the last home match he played was West Ham. And he went under some very heavy criticism for failing to do anything in our attacking sense. And we said that a long time. So credit to him for having a good performance. And we got the three points we needed. Okay, well, let's start there. That's an interesting place for us to begin, Max, because I agree with you 100%. So what do you put that down to? Do you think that Anthony really has been practicing his crossing? It kind of looked like it to me. And he was playing with more freedom. I think that connection he has with William is real. When William doesn't play with him, I don't think he's the same player. So I think that might also be a factor in some of the performances we've seen lately from Robinson. But this was a very good one. I think I agree with you. I think, you know, again, we'll say it right now. I'll go with him as my man of the match as well. We'll get to that at the end of the show. But what do you put this down to? Is it a combination of a couple things? But Yeah, I mean, to me, uh, it's two things, right? On, on yeah. the first goal, what he did so well is actually take the inside lane. 
And that's when you talk about the Willian partnership is so crucial. Right. What Robinson did was take the ball up the center of the pitch, dragging the defenders towards him. Suddenly, Willian's totally free in the left wing. He plays to Willian, leads to the goal from Harry Wilson. So I thought that was excellent by Robinson, recognizing where there's space to drive with the ball, taking that space, and then feeding it out wide. And that's something I like to see from him because he's so pacey. We know that. And he's actually normally good at running with the ball, but what he's not always good with is finishing it in the final third. But what he did in this one, he didn't even need to get into the final third to cross it because he just laid it out to Willian, who did the rest. The second goal, we do have to be honest, it was, I think, a shocker by, by Melier, as was the first goal in some instances. So I honestly, against a better keeper, maybe we're having a different discussion. Because across, <laughs> it, it, didn't, it didn't hit a full of man. It, it hit Melier right. palm the right to Pereira. But that being said, at least it wasn't, you know, a chip shot like in golf, like we saw the other week. At least it wasn't straight to the keeper. At least it didn't go out for a throw in or whatever. It at least was in the dangerous area at a good height, a good pace, which is what we want to see more. So again, if it's a different keeper, I've never honestly rated Melier. I think he's a disaster in the happen, but it turned out well yesterday for us because the crosses got palmed right to Fulham players for both our goals. Okay, excellent. And that's interesting because just so you know, I've listened to a lot of commentary since uh, the match ended from lead shows, different types of shows, a radio show, and they are all very quick to blame Melier. And I would agree with that that he was responsible for the two goals. It sounds like you're with them on that. Yeah. I mean, I've seen not many Leeds matches this season, but the ones that come to mind, I mean, they lost to Everton one nil and it was at Seamus Coleman chip where Melee was totally out of position. Uh, another more recent one. I remember it was Wolves versus Leeds. Leeds yep. actually won, but Melee got chipped again from half field. And he just doesn't seem to be confident in crosses and his positioning. His positioning always seems off to me. And we saw that again yesterday. He's been with them a long time. I, I know he's still a very young keeper, but let's just be lucky we have Bert Leno and not Mele in our goal. Totally agree. Okay. I'm going to share this comment from our friend, Black, White, and Fred. Shane Robinson didn't get an assist he deserved. What do you think about that, Max? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree on the stats. It will have a zero next to his name, but we know that he played a key role in both the goals, so I think that's fair. Okay, very good. Let me ask you this before we get to talking about the starting 11, because I want to get your thoughts on Marco. And then we'll go into some more commentary before we actually break down both halves. What are your thoughts about what uh, me and uh, Giannis were talking about in a prior show? We were talking about that there might be some advantage to being up in the stands, being higher up. He was on the touchline. I know this doesn't affect this match, but I'm curious your view on that. And, And there's been some talk about that lately. What are your thoughts on that? of managers or an assistant up in the stands, kind of like, I hate to say, people have been using rugby. We can talk about the NFL. Getting a different perspective. I thought it actually might have helped Fulham in the last match with Marco being having a raised view. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think so much of it is how much communication does he have with the players in the pitch. That's, to me, the most important thing for someone like Marco Silva because I think he's such a good man-manager. And having Bo Morte on the sideline just isn't the same. So for me, okay. I'd always prefer to have the manager on the touchline in and among the action, because I just think it gives a different intensity to the match. I think footballers naturally, if you see your, your manager isn't right there by the bench, I'm not saying the level drops because of that, but it certainly plays a factor. I think in some of maybe the lackadaisical performances we saw might be a result of not having Marco there, you know, screaming at them, giving them real time instructions. So 
I'm not, I'm not sure though, but it's, it's been a pretty small sample size to be fair. So, but I think Marco is someone who needs to be in the action and he'll be glad he's back. Oh, there's no question. He's glad he's back. All right. We've got some comments from the phone supporters. Let's start with this one. This is an interesting place for us to go. Let's talk about Harry Wilson. This is from our friend, Wayne Walden. He says, Harry Wilson was outstanding yesterday and always said that he should play week in and week out. Now, Harry had obviously a very difficult start to the season, Max, being injured. It's taken him a while to get back into the swing of things. I think now he's starting to hit his groove. This is going to be an interesting problem because the fact that he's playing well for Marker to have, I think it's a good problem to have. What are your thoughts about how he's played in the last two matches, especially in this match too? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously the most important thing is two goals in two matches. It's great form for someone who, you know, we didn't know how he'd perform in the Premier League at this level. And given, you're right, the slow start to the season, he hadn't played it really in months. I've been impressed with him. His finish was just top class. So many other players might have taken a touch and saw the chance go or just leaned back and hit that over the bar. But the technique on that was superb. He had great technique against Everton too. And I think it, it is giving selection dilemmas. But Marco Silva clearly has confidence in him. Because he started him over Solomon for the second match in a row. That's right. And, and, and right now you can't argue with that, even though maybe I would have liked to see Solomon in there. If you score two goals in two games, right. you're going to keep your place in the lineup. So credit to Wilson. I mean, he, he was very good again. And the most important thing is he's getting in amongst the goals. Now, I think the first half was a bit tough for Fulham as an attacking prospect, right? I, I don't want to we – weren't, we weren't amazing yesterday. No. But when we picked our moments, we were clinical. And that's something that's been missing sometimes um, from our wingers. So – yeah, credit to Wilson. Okay. And to go off on that, this is from Martin Smith. So pleased that without Mitrovic, there's another route on us scoring goals. Midfielders doing their bit. Now, this is interesting because, again, very small sample. We're talking two games. It showed itself in this game, but it really showed itself in the last game. There was no Dan James in this game. And I think, I can't believe we're going to say this. I think he was a miss in this game, Max. Yeah. But what are your thoughts about this? Because this is so positive that they have found another way to score goals without Mitro. Yeah, it's excellent. And it's interesting because they're not coming from people you might expect them to come from. I guess Pereira is maybe our second top scorer or something, but the wingers are getting in, the attacking midfielders are getting in. Notably, it's not Vinicius who's scoring, and it's really not the striker who is decked over Reed today. So it's, it's a good point for Martin is the midfielders are making runs in the box. They're chasing crosses. It's not necessarily the same style of play we do with Mitro, but we're still getting goals. But I think it's a good point to bring up that, you know, we did miss Dan James, in my opinion. Yep. Decker over Reed, for me, again, I think he was very anonymous. Um, and I, I don't love to, to you know, criticize him too much because I think he's been a great servant of the club. And I think we've gone over many times how he's underrated, but did, did not fit the bill for me yesterday. Wasn't really in the match, caught off sides a couple of times. Drop deep a number of times to do build a play, which is nice. But I mean, come on, he he's he's not an answer for number nine. So, and it also was interesting to see that Silva would rather have Decker over Reed start over Vinicius, which to me indicated a, a big lack of confidence in Vinicius, which we've also talked about on the podcast. Right. Not saying it's the wrong decision, but today showed again. Next season, we need to sign another striker because it's not Vinicius, it's not Decker over Reed, and when Mitro's out. There's not an obvious like for like replacement. And then you talk about Dan James. Well, I don't think it's very likely to sign him permanently, just being honest. I'm not right. sure how much Lees would ask for him, but he might be a good player for them in the championship next season. So who knows? 
Okay. Interesting stuff there. And what's interesting about Vinicius, I'm going to put my hand up right now and say I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. Okay. Because he hasn't fit the bill. Everyone that has screamed at me, we need another striker. They, everyone's right. I was wrong. But you still have to find a way to get by without him. And the fact that Marco has now gone another way to do things without Mitro, without Vinicius, I think is positive. To your point, I don't know if Bobby Decadova-Reed is the solution. I agree with you on that. We've had, now had two games where he's played that role, and I don't think he's done enough in that role. Dan James has showed he's been able to do it. We'll see if he goes back to that role in the next match. I think he might. So, But beyond that, to be able to still score goals in these situations, Max, is huge. And I'm, I'm there with Martin for asking the question. We've got some really good questions. I'm going to share this from Dean. This is an excellent one. Max, do you think we've got three more wins in us? So we're breaking records. What are your thoughts about this? I actually think we do, but it's going to be tight. Yeah, I mean, let's let's look at the schedule, right? We play Villa, uh, one of the best form teams in the league. City, the best form team in the league. Liverpool, <laughs> chasing the top four. And then it's Leicester, Southampton, Palace, and United. I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I think we might be just about at three. I Because I, I can't see us beating Villa. I can't see us being City. Maybe we beat Liverpool away, but again, that's unlikely. And that puts a lot of pressure on, on the teams kind of more low in the league. But again... They're going to be fighting for their lives. Southampton. I mean, the, the final fixtures that we just read, Russ, yep. they're all brutal fixtures. There's no team on there where you're like, that's a win, in my opinion. Maybe Palace, because they'll probably be safe by then. Right. But they'll be trying to prove a point to Roy, you know? So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm optimistic. I'll give you the one I circled, and so has Giannis. What is the match you've circled? Uh, what do you mean? That you want to see them win. There's one that you haven't even mentioned it. It's the last match of the season. Oh, United. Yeah, United. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be great to go back there. It would be great to go back there. With, with Mitro. Mitro yeah. scoring, William scoring. And and maybe Silva will uh, will just – maybe he'll sit up up in the stands this time just to avoid any any issues. Oh, hands down. Cole agrees with me. Man United. Absolutely. I've got it circled. I'm telling you, that's the one I cannot wait for. It's the last match of the season, and uh, I wouldn't put it past Fulham to uh, do something special because I think that they've got something to prove, and at that point, we don't know what Manchester United will have left. So we'll see what happens, but I'm looking forward to that one. Again, we have some really great stuff here. Here's another one from Stephen Murray. When we play high tempo, there are very few mistakes. When we sit back, we make too many mistakes. This is all true, Max. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you think about last match uh, yesterday, we did let leads into the match. We have to be honest about that in, in, a, in a situation where we never should have. And we were cruising at 2-0, cruising, and they looked abject. And suddenly, as Steven mentioned, we sit back, we drop into a defensive shell, and they get a fortunate goal off Paulinho. But we, we shouldn't let teams back in the match like that. And, and that's not something which, again, Marco Silva's teams like to do. You know, we've talked about it a lot. We like to be on the front foot. We like to play high tempo, like Steve mentioned. We like to create chances and push the opposition back. But when we, when we kind of dropped off, then we let them have chances from out wide. It got very congested in the middle. You know, the ball bounced around, and we just seemed a little bit sloppy. And they could have won it. I not won it. They could have maybe gotten an equalizer at the end because it was all leads uh, for the final five, five, ten minutes there. Okay, very good. Here's also from come talking about that Man United 
match. So why is Kavanaugh's not the referee? That's very funny there. We'll see what happens when we uh, get there, my friend. Okay, so let's get to it. Let's talk about the starting 11. I actually pretty much predicted the starting 11. I think I did predict the starting 11, except I had Diop instead of Tosin. What are your thoughts on the starting 11? Tosin suddenly is is a, is a first choice center back along with Reem all, all of a moment. I mean, who saw that coming a couple months ago? Definitely not me. I know you can't argue with it. I think Tosin again had a very solid match. So credit to him. Obviously, the other big shot was Dekanova Reed up top uh, in the absence of Dan James and Mitrovic, and with Vinicius again on the bench. It was good to see William out there. Good to see Wilson out there. I thought uh, some mentioned this in the comments. William was a great outlet. Colm said that. Totally agree. I mean, the pace he has, even at his age, is just outstanding. The way he just flicks the ball beyond players. So shout out to William. We haven't mentioned his name very much. Yep. And then we have the uh, the midfield pairing of Reed and Palina, which is our which is our first choice pairing. So it was a very Fulham lineup, except you know without Mitra. Okay, so you mentioned this before. Are you surprised that we've not seen more of Menor Solomon? Were you surprised that maybe he didn't play? the Bobby Decadova Reed role. We talked about that, but his strength comes out on the left. So maybe that's the reason why he didn't go with Manoza. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it's clear that in the pecking order, William is above of Solomon. That's clear. I guess I was a bit surprised that he didn't start in front of Wilson, but then again, Wilson scored a, a goal last match and was very good against Everton. So that makes sense to me. What I'm seeing right now from Silva, and this might just be pure speculation, but I think he might know that Solomon is not going to be here next season. That's okay. just what I'm reading into this. Yep. The way Solomon has been treated. I'm not saying it's unfair, but he's gone from a player who, you know, was scoring every game for us and scoring wonder goals to someone who's coming off the bench for, you know, 10 minutes at a time. Right. It matches when, let, let's be clear, Everton and Leeds, he, he should have a right to start those matches. It's not like we're, we're playing super defensive. and Because I think the big knock on Solomon, I think it's being fair, is that uh, fans think that he's not, he doesn't offer enough, going back, protecting Correct. the back. Correct. I mean, which I think might be true. So, but, you know, we're playing teams in the relegation fight, not really sure why that would be an issue. So I think, I think Solomon's gone. I think there's been a chat with his agent or with the club and he said, listen, thank you Fulham for this year. I'm probably going to go to a different team next year, maybe the European team, whatever, Champions League. That's my internal reading of the situation because his minutes have been very reduced recently. And yep. I think there have been players out there who have produced much less than he has. But again, it's good that this is not like the main, if we were losing matches and terrible, this would be a bigger deal. But again, the players come in from Wilson has scored two in a row. So we can't be upset at all. Okay, excellent. Here's a great comment. We haven't talked about this. I talked about this in my preview show. I think this is huge on several fronts. I think he still has something to offer, but I think morale wise, I think this is massive. This is from Brian Albert Smith. How does Cabano's return affect the lineup going forward? I'm sure he'll be used very sparingly, but can that change the chemistry in our attack? Interesting question. I think it changes the morale of Fulham having him as part of uh, being on the bench, Max. I think he is someone that the players love. The fact that he's in training and now gets into the match, I think is massive. 100%. I mean, you just saw the effect at the cottage yesterday when he came on. Yes. Fans are chanting his name. Within a couple minutes of the pitch, he was doing flicks and tricks in the corner. That was lovely to see. It was kind of like the triangle of him, Kearney, and Solomon, probably three of our most skilled technically players in the entire squad, just toying with leads. It was a real joy to watch. 
And I agree with Brian. He's not, I don't think, I don't think he'll start any game unless it's maybe the last game of the season, but him off the bench, Solomon off the bench. Yep. That is an amazing one, two punch in the wings. If we have William and Wilson or whoever else starts getting tired. I mean, I'd love to see that as an impact substitution. So the chemistry and attack, he gives us legs off the bench. He's very quick and he has a great technical ability. So, and let's not forget right before he's injured, he was playing really well, playing really well. I remember the Brentford match. He's one of our best players in the pitch way back in August. So it'll be good to have Cabana back. Okay, excellent. All right. This is also from Colm. This is an interesting one because I've seen some comments on the play of Paulinho. He says, I'm not saying Paulinho had a poor game, but after his yellow, he wasn't as involved as normal after that, in my opinion. Your thoughts, Max? Yeah, it's true. I think Paulinho's a bit quieter. But – you know, his, I think he thrives more when he really has to protect the back four. And today, or yesterday, Leeds, I think, were so – offered so little an attack for much of the match that he wasn't really called to action. That's how I viewed this. So, yeah, he, I think Palina, in, in many games this season, you could clearly point to him as being the best player in the pitch. Not sure if you've seen that in recent weeks or months. But I think that's his natural. His form might just dip a little bit. And, again, it, it was Leeds, so it wasn't really called to action all the time. Okay. Very good there. All right. All right, my friend. Thank you, everyone, for your comments. Please uh, have them come to us. We've had so many great comments. But coming up next, Max and I are going to break down this match. We'll look at the first half, and then we'll look at the second half, and we'll end with man of the match. If you're watching live, feel free to share your thoughts on who was man of the match at the end of the show. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, my friend, let's get to it. Let's talk about the first half. You and I already talked about it off air. Not a great performance from Fulham Football Club. Not at all. It was really herky-jerky. And I would say maybe there was this uh, feeling from Leeds United, maybe a little nervousness on there to play it pretty tight. But Fulham didn't really do enough, Max, in that first half to really put any stamp on it. I'm not saying that they were going through the motions because that was not what they were doing, but it did remind me a little bit, just a little bit of the West Ham match. I got a little bit concerned that it wasn't as aggressive as it needed to be. We saw a little bit of a change in the second half, but I do want to give a player credit because I think he was a catalyst. And I think it's Harry Wilson, even in the first half, Harry Wilson's energy. And uh, I don't like his theatrics. And I will say that I think he does have some theatrics in him along with Mitro, but you can't knock the energy of Harry Wilson. That was the positive I got out of the first half. You still saw that from Harry Wilson. It was a very grim first half for us, you know, 730 kickoff for us here on the East coast. Very difficult to stay awake. That's all I'll say. It was, it was <laughs> a struggle because I'll be honest, I can't think of too many big moments from the first 45 minutes. 
you hit it on the head. Leeds were nervous. They just shipped six, or I think they they shipped five against Palace. I think it was six against Liverpool on Monday. So when you when you ship eleven goals in your past two matches, it makes sense you're going to start out a bit tentatively, just trying to keep it tight, if you will. And we didn't really have anyone who looked to unlock that in the first half. Again, we have the same issues when we're missing Mitrovic. There's really no focal point. Deckard over Reed wasn't that. And yeah, we had some nice play by William and Wilson on the wings, but altogether, we also looked like we were kind of asleep out, out of the block. So, and it was kind of a fractured half, injuries, stoppages in play, not fluid. It was not the best advert for the Premier League, I'd say. Let me ask you this. This is going off of uh, what we're talking about, but I'm curious your thoughts on this because I talked about this in my preview show, and I think it really played itself out when you look at it, say, from a Leeds perspective. We're not a Leeds show, but I think this is a factor in the match, Max. And I think it really showed itself in the second half. We'll talk about that. The loss of Tyler Adams was massive for Leeds United because I think Fulham were able to, even though they were not great in the first half, still have control. It showed itself more in the second half. His loss is similar to... Paulinho's loss for Fulham. Would you agree with that? I thought we saw that. What's interesting, this reminded me so much of the first time Fulham played Leeds at Ellen Road. Fulham weren't great in the first half. In fact, they they were, I wouldn't say poor, but they were average at best. They showed themselves in the second half. And that's when I thought not having Tyler Adams in for Leeds really played a factor. And I thought it did in the second half. We'll talk about that. But I'm curious your thoughts on that? Listen, I know we're both Americans, but we've watched a lot of Tyler Adams. I know what a team looks like without him. They do not look like the same team. Their fans are complaining about their defense, which they should in the goalkeeper, but they don't have a replacement for Tyler Adams, just like Fulham don't with Paulinho. Yeah, he's the, he's the energy in that team, and they look lacking of energy. You know, McKenney. I thought he was pretty poor. Aronson was great, though. I mean, Aronson was a player who was a live wire. He kept being fouled by Fulham players over and over again. But, you know, not convinced by Rodrigo. Not sure why Bamford isn't starting for them. I mean, they left a lot of attacking talent on the bench. And when they brought them on in the second half, we struggled. Exactly. You know, exactly. Kills yeah. So it, it, it was a weird one from a Leeds perspective. I think they're in massive trouble, if I'm being honest. I think they're in massive totally trouble. I think they have a really tough run of fixtures coming up. Today or yesterday was supposed to be a match when maybe they can reset against a team who's maybe coasting and they couldn't even get it done against us. So I think they might go down. And I, I, w- I would not be upset if Leeds went down, to be honest, because, you know, we have all that history with them in the championship uh, yep. in, in the past five or six years. Yep. No, uh, Leeds are falling apart again, all that all that fun stuff. And it just goes to show, though, quickly on, on Leeds. Yep. Well, they, they were the team when they got promoted. That's right. It was eight, 18, 19 or whatever what we went, went up with them and they were excellent and they finished what top 10 and everyone's like Bielsa's revolution this is a team who can come up from the from the championship and stay in the Premier League and build a foundation it just goes to show how quickly fortunes can change so caution I tell for us we need to make sure we don't fall into the same trap as, as a team like like Leeds and have a good first year and then suddenly see that foundation slip away okay excellent there Max all right let's go to the second half and uh much better performance, as, as you and I have already talked about from Foam Football Club, which is great. But let's not waste any time. Before we really analyze the second half, let's talk about the first goal for Fulham. And we've already talked about the goalkeeper should have done better here, but that's 
their problem. That's Leafs' problem, not Fulham's problem. But the action here, the way that Fulham were on the front foot, let's talk about the goal because uh, I I think Fulham deserved both goals here, regardless of the play of the goalkeeper. Yeah, I agree. So what I've talked about a lot is Robinson, the driving run. And again, the intelligence for him to realize that so many fullbacks in the modern game like to just do the overlap, which is effective sometimes. But he did the underlap. He ran right up the middle of the pitch, brought the defenders to him, and saw William peel out. And it was a great pass right in William's path. He chipped it up. Again, it wasn't a good cross, let's be clear. But it forced Melier into a, into a save, into a palm. And guess who's there to anticipate? That's Wilson. And that's what you need from your wingers. You need that, is someone who knows where the ball is going to drop, gambling to get in the box, and he steadies himself. And again, I think that was just a really great technical finish. I mean, that's up there with, obviously, it's not going to go to the goals of the season. Right. The fact that that was such power, it's rising. It hits the crossbar and goes in. What um, was a great moment. And, you know, it meant so much for him because first goal at the cottage and God knows how long, a long, long time for Wilson. And it reminded us, you know, people in the comments saying how much they, they rate him. I, I think that's just a sense of how much the Fulham support loves Wilson. He was one of our outstanding players in the championship title winning season. We haven't seen it from this year, but you know, in the latter stage of the season, he's making a very big claim for why he's a player who can perform in the Prem, which some must have doubted, myself included, in the fall of this year. Okay. And what's interesting about him, and people have told me this about Harry Wilson, that he's a confidence player. Once he gets his confidence going, he goes on runs. We're seeing this. We are absolutely seeing this. The worst thing that happened to him, unfortunately, was the injury in a behind-the-scenes match a friendly that he got injured and so did Menorah Solomon and it set him back. It's taken him a while to get to where he needs to be, but uh, I will take a, an informed Harry Wilson every day of the week and it's only going to help Fulham the rest of the way and moving forward. So this is actually great news for Fulham Football Club that Harry Wilson not only scored a goal, but is playing very well. Okay, my friend, let's now move forward and let's talk about the second goal for Fulham. Now, this to me, and uh, I've seen a comment about potentially what is going on with Anthony Robinson and his crossing. I'll just throw it out there. I had just a theory here. It's probably been practicing, getting better at it. But this delivery from him, pinpoint, an easy goal from Pereira. I mean, this is on a plate. What are your thoughts about the goal? It is just terrible goalkeeping. Uh, when the when the ball is in the box like that, you you need to either claim that or get rid. What you can't do is palm it right to the other team, and it was almost a laughable finish. Like how many times do we see that with a player has time in front of the goal and it's an empty net and just smashes it in? You know, it's 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 like school schoolboy error, uh, schoolboy goal. Honestly, for Pereira, easiest finish he'll ever have. But it was great to see because again, pulling back, what created that? putting the ball in the box, making the keeper make a save, not just allowing them to easily claim it, and runs in from deep. And in the absence of Mitrovic, again, we, we can still score from crosses. Both their goals came from crosses against yep. Leeds. It's just a different type of goal from a cross. It was a second ball. And that's just desire. That's just players who want to gamble, want to get into the box, want to get a loose ball. And, yeah, that's what goals are made of. Okay. Before we talk about the goal for Leeds United, I was going back and forth with – my friend uh, Steve, who wanted me to take a good look at the challenge, the yellow card for Liam Cooper on Paulina, 
you get a good look at this. Yeah. He was asking me, should this have been a red card? I've watched this a few times. At first, I understand why fans are saying, should that have been a red card? The only thing in his defense is that he got the ball, but he does get Paulinho with his spikes. So what are your thoughts about this? Should this have been a yellow or should it have been a red? I think it was more than a yellow, but not enough to be a red. So I think the ref got Purple. it right. Yeah, exactly. I think the ref got it right at the end of the day, but it was a dangerous tackle. But you're right, he gets some of the ball, and there isn't as much, you know, stud on leg contact as maybe there needed to be to get him sent off for that. Right. Well, it was a glancing strike, but it wasn't like he stamped on him, uh, like we see, you know, like a shallow kind of move. So to me, it was a right call, but it was a, definitely a very when players go to ground like that with studs up, you're risking a lot. And Palini was hurt, but honestly, I think Cooper came out the worst of it because his knee something got got tweaked. So, so I think at the end of the day, it was a right call, right call by the ref, but dangerous tackle. And you know, with VAR, you're always playing with fire when you go to ground, studs up like that. Totally, but uh, I think that it's a yellow. But like you said, maybe there it's in between. So that's probably why it was not given a red. Okay, my friend, let's now go and let's talk about the goal for Leeds United. And uh, this goes on as an own goal off of Polina. It goes off of Polina. But uh, I think this is bad defending from Fulham, Max. To let this team back in the match, Fulham didn't need to let this team get back in the match. There's no reason why Leeds even should have been in the match. But they got back in the match with this late goal, and it made the last – 15 to 20 minutes nervy where it really didn't need to be my friend. This to me is something that they need to uh, correct clean up because this is a, a goal that should never have gone through for Leeds United. This is a mistake for Fulham. Yes. Bamford scores against Fulham. Technically it's off of uh Polina, but it, it is Bamford once again. So what are your thoughts about this whole calamity near the end? Yeah, it, it just was preventable because it seemed like, as we talked about earlier, we dropped off. We let them back in the match when, in reality, we should have been pressing for the third goal. It just seemed like we were content to finish 2-0. And you can never have that mentality against a team chasing relegation. You cannot have that because they need this so much more than we do. And yeah, as we saw, they fought for it. And I was actually somewhat impressed by the Leeds United response. They didn't just wilt. They went for it. The ball from the ball from out wide, and it's too easy to get that ball in the box. But once it's in the box, I mean, there's so many white shirts around it. Right. There are players there just kind of ball watching, standing, not being proactive, just reacting to where the ball goes. And I mean, it was, it was a very fortunate goal because it's going wide, Russ. I mean, Palinia, and he actually handballs it in. It was, it was almost like a joke to see it dribble into the back of the net. Um, so very frustrating from our perspective. And then, you know, Time left for Leeds to get the equalizer. I was concerned after that goal went in. I said, are we going to throw away a two-goal lead here? Well, it's a good concern, my friend, because at the end of these matches, listen, Fulham in general, they've closed out matches fairly well. So, But in this one, it was still with a team desperate like this, to give them life didn't need to happen. Absolutely didn't need to happen. But Fulham do see this match out. And let's just talk about this before we talk about man of the match. They've now beaten Leeds United three times. And as you had mentioned, and I want to go off on this a little bit, the direction of where Leeds United were when they came up with Fulham, they went on a high trajectory for just a very short period of time. 
and they actually had a good first season. I think they are a club that we should be looking at not to be comfortable and need to build upon it. Wolves are another one. But when you look at Leeds United, look at how well they did that first season, Max, and look how that they have basically gone downhill the last two seasons. We don't want Fulham to do this. They need to be looking at, if I'm Marco, look at what Leeds United has done. Look at what Wolves did after that first great season because you want to be in the Premier League long-term. I actually think they need to look at the downfall of Leeds United. And there are some parallels. You know, we talked about our downturn in the recent months, and we've said that the players are tired and that the Silva methods might be faltering. And that's something people say a lot about Marcelo Bielsa and what he demands from his players. He uses a pretty small squad and runs them essentially to death in training. And does that lead to a second half of the season downturn? Does that lead to a second season syndrome in the Premier League? Who knows? But we have to make sure, you know, I don't, obviously it's not a like for like comparison, but we can't be comfortable because the Premier League is an unforgiving place. And yes, we're staying up this year, but next year is a totally new story. Okay, excellent stuff. All right. Let's go to Man of the Match. If you are watching live, feel free to share your thoughts on Man of the Match and any other questions you have for us to end the show. Okay, we've already talked about it. You and I are, are in agreement, but let's just talk about it one more time. Man of the match, you've already said Jedi. Yeah, it's Robinson. I thought he was excellent. He played a big hand in both of the goals and needed this to kind of bounce back from what has been a tough stretch for him defensive-wise and attacking-wise. So happy for Anthony. So am I. And he is my man of the match. I've been extremely critical of him. But when someone plays well, Max, we're going to praise when someone does not play to the level that we expect them to play at, we're going to criticize. It's fair. It's part of the deal of being a footballer. you got to take the good with the bad. What's great here is that he had a great beginning of the season, fantastic. Dropped off a little bit, and now maybe a resurgence. And I think the more positive part of this, Max, of his performance is the crossing. I think that's huge. And then that's the one we've identified as where he needs to improve if he wants to play for a top, top team because they're interested in him. You know, there have been rumors of the past two or three windows saying City are in for him, other big clubs across Europe. He almost went to famously AC Milan in, in Serie A. So he's someone right. who has the eye of the top, top teams in Europe, but a modern fullback, as we all know, needs to do both both sides of the, of the, of the ball and – I think he has worked to do on both. I think his one-on-one defending is very good, but sometimes it lets him down. He can be too weak. You know, the West Ham goal example, and then the Bournemouth goal recently, you could argue are both were his fault. And attacking-wise, we've seen that many times with just crosses not hitting their man and just not having the, the composure when he gets into really good areas because he does get into good areas. So happy for Anthony, and let's hope he can continue on this. We say uh, Wayne says Harry Wilson, man of the match. Yep. Yeah. out. Steven says William. Okay. Yep, Black, White, and Francis, William, man of the match, Jedi, Tosin, and Wilson all had great games. Let's actually talk a little bit about Tosin because I've wanted Diop back. But if he continues to play well, then he basically makes his own history. If Tosin continues to play, how can you put Diop back? So it's really coming down to his play. If he continues at this level, he'll continue to play, Max. Yeah, and you know it's funny because his contract, you know, is up. You know, a lot of rumors about where he's going to be, 
And I think Silva saying to him, look, you're part of my plans, which is very good management, I think, from him, because as we mentioned a lot, you know, Reem's not going to be around forever. But Tosin at the pace yesterday was excellent. You know, on the counter, he would just easily, and that's something we love from Tosin is his long strides. It doesn't even look like he's trying. He just catches up so so quickly to players and was composed when he got the ball. So, yeah, another good match with Tosin. Okay. This is from Chris Mullins. I was very nervous after he conceded as I felt the game's tempo changed. Jedi's deliveries today were so much better than previous games. Great improvement. That's a good point. That's why we were mentioning it. Stephen Murray, as we already said, man of the match. William and Brian Albert-Smith says, Wilson, man of the match for me. Glad for Jedi. But Harry was the man yesterday. And I understand why people are going for Harry Wilson. I want to see this continue. I also, I'm calling it right now. I want to see Dan James play against Aston Villa. We'll see. And that'll be interesting. That'll be a very good match to watch because we're going away there. They're in great form. He could have another false nine moment. I'd love to see that. Okay. All right. We do have some more comments. I want to share this from Michael Berry. We need a good center half for next season, a couple of midfield players, and another center forward. Would you disagree with any of that, Max? No, it's all true. Another, another center back to kind of complement that post-Ream situation when it comes. Center forward, we talked about that earlier, 100%. And a center midfield, another area we need to strengthen in. We need more. Uh, Lukic, again, we haven't seen enough from him. But I think it's fair to say if you want to be a competitive Premier League team, you need to have options. And there's nothing wrong with you having other options in the center of the park. Okay. Now, as we were talking about leads, I want to share this comment because I find this interesting because we also can look at how Fulham are going to recruit moving forward and how they recruited. I actually agree with Carl Hare. They paid a lot of money for a lot of players. The one player that I think that was good money spent was Tyler Adams. Beyond that, you do have question marks. West McKinney, question mark. Aronson, sorry, they're both question marks and other players, but it is top-heavy. They spent a lot of money on these players. And um, Carl says Leeds had very poor recruitment. That's very top-heavy. What are your thoughts? Yeah, there have been some big money flops, and that's another situation about staying in the prem is that you're going to get that money, you're going to have an infusion of cash. Don't spend it well. Yeah, but you got, to, you got to spend it smartly. And there's often the, the temptation to spend it big on, on a striker or someone or a flashing attacking player. And sometimes those don't pan out. And I think West Ham is an example of that. I think yeah. Wolves have seen that as well. I mean, I think for Leeds, they got that guy, uh, Georgina Ruder, Ruter. Yeah. I, and I don't think I'm not sure he scored any goals in the league, if, if not, definitely not more than five. So money not well spent there. Very true. That's why it's very important that you spend your money well. What's interesting, before we end the show, I, I did listen to the Fulmish podcast, and they had on the gentleman from Cottage Analytica, and he went through the situation with Fulm, how Fulm has spent their money, and how basically right now they're finally beyond 2018 with that spending spree. So, But you keep going back to that because, Max, spending – badly in 2018 affected Fulham for several seasons. We're not a team that can spend badly. If you're going to spend big or you're going to spread it around to make sure that you have wise recruitment, meaning wise transfers, not big money transfers that you're kind of taking a gamble on. And Fulham, unfortunately, did not do that in 2018. It just didn't work. So, your thoughts on this as we move forward, because people are asking us about, obviously, the transfer window for the summer. They just got to be wise. I would 
dare I say, do something similar to, from this season, but maybe spend just a little bit more on more quality. This season was perfect, in my opinion. Perfect. I mean, Paulinia, Leno, two of the best signings we've ever seen in Fulham. We just need to take that same mentality and, and bring it forward. So I can't say now who we're going to target because I just don't know. But <laughs> yeah, they need to be players who can slot in immediately. Carl yep. says some of their signings at Leeds were young projects yep. rather than proven players. And we took a we took a big chance, not chance, we took a big mentality getting proven players this year. That's a Paulinia. That's a Leno, you know, that's someone like a Diop. People have played in the Prem, played in Europe, and that's what we want. We want players who can slot in and challenge, but, you know, have that Premier League or Premier League type experience. Okay, excellent. Max, great show. Time flies by. Before we go and wrap up this show, give me your final thoughts. Final thoughts is, you know, we've arrested that bump. A lot of people are wondering, are we going to finish above 40 points? Are we going to lose the last 10 matches of the season after the disasters against Bournemouth and and West Ham and all those defeats in a row. And thankfully we've bounced back in a big way. The final two matches getting wins against teams in the relegation fight showing we're not just at the beach and, you know, giving us some hope and listen, we're above Brentford. We're above Chelsea. Every time that's true. We have to say it on the show. It's a great feeling to be. Why not look for further up that league table? And, you know, we read out the, the, the fixtures. We're going to have a tough run in, but there's no reason we can't be competitive in every single match. And hopefully Look for that record points total. I think that might be the new goal. Yes. You know, top 10 is a good one, but let's try to have the best season ever Fulham have ever had in the Prem, which would be something. Okay. I have to share this comment. I saw some talk about this on social media today. This is an interesting one, Max, because it sounds like he is going to be available free this summer. This is from Black, White, and Fred. Bring back Musa Dembele. Wow. Haven't thought about him in a while. I don't know. I don't know, Russ. I don't follow his career as closely as maybe I should, but I remember, I mean, he was in. Le- he was with Leon, right? He was doing well in yep, France. He's with Leon, And then he went to Atletico Madrid, and everyone was like, whoa, that's one of the best teams in Europe. And then did he play at all? Did he score any goals? I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know what his status is in terms of form, but it would make for an emotional homecoming. I- I'd be open to it, but I'm he's not sure. He's still a young player, by the way. I believe right now, I think he's only 26. He'd be 27 next season. Interesting. So he's still a young player. I don't know, man. I, I'm not normally one to, to bring back people who have ditched us in the past. And okay. It's cruel how he ditched us. Okay. We'll see. See, I'm just going to say this because Tony Khan was on Cottage Talk several years ago, and we brought up Musa Dembele. I remember talking to him about this, and he said he was just too late to the table to do anything about Musa Dembele. The situation had already passed at that point. He Wanted Musa Dembele to stay. I'm curious if Tony takes another crack at this. I'm just going to throw it out there. Because it would, I think if he could still play, there's your backup striker, my friend. There he is. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. I, I, it is out there on social media. I find it interesting. It's intriguing. You know what? And and just hearing that talk, it's what the summer is going to be. a fun summer, Ross. A lot oh, of yeah. rumors. A lot oh, of rumors. It's going to be fun. We're going to have fun. On Cottage, started talking about who could potentially come. But listen, as always, Max, thank you for doing the show with me. Giannis, unfortunately, couldn't join us today, but he'll be back soon. We always love doing the three of us. Hopefully soon the three of us can get on a show together, which would be great. But let's wrap this up. For Max Cohen, I'm Russ Cohen. Thank you, as always, for watching and listening to Cottage Talk, now part of the TalkSport Fan Network. It's the 90th minute. 
and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.